This month's podcast from the team at Get Mentally Healthy explores the subject of gratitude, what it means, why when we feel it, the benefits and how we can practice and cultivate it. Finally, looking at ways companies can introduce more gratitude into the workplace. If you've got a problem, makes you scream and shout. Maybe there's another way to work it out. Take a breath in and let it out. Get talking. Hi, I'm Christine, a chartered psychologist and co-director at Get Mentally Healthy. And today, once again, I'm talking with Jason, the founder of Get Mentally Healthy. Hi, Jason. How are you? Hi, Christine. I'm very well, thank you. And very much looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, well, I know this is one of your favorite topics, and I'm going to be asking you to tell us why later. But firstly, let's define and try to understand what gratitude actually means. So, the dictionary is a good place to start. The dictionary definition of gratitude is it's a state of being grateful. And it's from the Latin gratis, meaning thankful and pleasing. So, being grateful represents a feeling or a demonstration of thanks for something in the world around us or something that someone has done. Now, from a neurological perspective, gratitude is experienced deep in the frontal lobes in an area called the, the ventromedial prefrontal cortex. And this is connected to even deeper brain regions that provide a release of, of pleasurable uh, neurochemicals. Sorry, Christine, I'm going to have to stop you there. Okay. How do we know that, right? To be honest, it's not as though we can see inside the brain and see that someone's being grateful, can we? Well, Actually, we, we sort of can, but I mean, I know where you're coming from. There have been experiments using MRI scans, you see, that have observed activity in these areas. So, uh, when people were feeling grateful, researchers examined the blood flow in, in various brain regions, and they did this while subjects were, were summoning up feelings of gratitude. So, we know there was activity in, in those areas. They, they found that subjects who showed more gratitude overall had higher levels of activity in the hypothalamus. And this is a region that's implicated in, in the release of dopamine and, and serotonin. And other studies have shown that there's even greater activity found in the medial prefrontal cortex when this gratitude is actually expressed, when, it, when it's verbalized. I know from experience that one of the symptoms I had with depression was a lack of serotonin. I know antidepressants or antidepressants even are designed to, to help the body produce more of it, but you're saying this is a natural way of doing it? Well, um, okay, we've got to be careful here. I don't want to sell gratitude as a sort of panacea, you know, a cure-all for everything. I mean, mental health and mental ill health is complex. I mean, this is one of the things we can do to improve our, our mental well-being. For some people who may be deeply depressed, yeah, they, they may need medication to, to reboot the brain chemistry. And, you know, for myself and many other psychologists, I'm sure uh, will agree, sometimes we need to recommend antidepressants to help people actually engage in the therapeutic process. So that's not everybody. But I think there's a misconception about these newer drugs. I mean, newer, they've been around probably since the 80s, but I mean, reasonably new, um, like Prozac, they contain serotonin. Now, in fact, that's not quite right. What they do is there are a set of chemicals that work on the reuptake of serotonin. But I mean, I mean, I don't know how much detail do you want on this? Well, I would say actually it's quite an important topic and obviously a fairly delicate topic. So I think we should be just least clear on the facts if we can. Okay. Well, briefly, um, because we, I don't want to get too boring about it, but sticking um, it is interesting. Sticking with 
Prozac in this example. This is an SSRI, okay? And that means a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So what's really happening is that in the synaptic space between two neurons, there is always the reuptake or the reabsorption of serotonin, which which is naturally occurring in, in the body. And uh, with Prozac, this reuptake is reduced. So in other words, it's leaving more of the serotonin in that space between the two neurons. And this increases the transmission. So uh, a, in other words, a stronger transmission of chemicals in this case that boost mood. Right. Okay. So I can certainly relate to that. I know through my own experience, when I started to take some medication and I and I had some chat. I had some debates myself about whether I should or shouldn't take it. But when I did decide to take it, it certainly took the edge off and picked me off the floor. And that enabled me to move forward. Yeah, and that's interesting. And um, and I'm sure it is the case for, for some people that uh, I know it's the case for some people that, that they need a boost of um, an antidepressant to engage in talking therapy. But moving back to, to gratitude, there's actually been some even more recent studies uh, that are interesting. There's a, a neuroscientist called um, Christina Carnes who has found a link between gratitude and altruism. So she found that when we are grateful, we're more likely to feel happy giving. I mean, this is great because it means it's not only benefiting us, but other people too. So Kant, she describes it really well. She say, she talks about the difference between feeling happy, a nice, warm, kind of fuzzy feeling, and feeling grateful, which is the same, but also compelling us to give back. I guess it, it's about being less selfish, isn't it? So it's about social connection and social reciprocity. And these are things that are really highly developed in humans. It's it's this nice feeling that, that encourages so- social support. So it's adaptive. It's really adaptive for us as humans. There's also other research that shows that, that, that people who are more grateful are less anxious. They tend to be less anxious. Um, they achieve greater goal attainment. And they're generally physically healthier. So I understand definitely understand the mental health well-being part and the reward but where's the link to being physically healthier well it's because it appears from the research again that grateful people seem to take better care of themselves so they exercise more um, they're less likely to be smokers eat better and they would tend to seek professional help sooner if they have um, physical symptoms that's really quite interesting yeah so i guess the obvious question is is there anything else it can help with? <laughs> yep, I'm not finished yet. Um, it also increases resilience to adversity and it helps us build better relationships. Is there any good research to back this up? Yeah, these latter points, they, they come from uh, the field of positive psychology and um, you know there are some um, really good researchers around. I mean, two names that pop up regularly are Emmons and Mishra and, and for those interested in referring to the original research, uh, there'll be um, a link in the show notes uh, about these things, about this research. Um, but basically what they found was that feeling grateful reduces negative emotions and it facilitates coping with stress and increases our our self-esteem. In other words, if we experience less negativity, we'll be more hopeful and therefore more optimistic. So we'll be less anxious. 
that's kind of how I would describe it. Also, if we increase our self-esteem, we, we, we have better relationships. I mean, confident people can express uh, positive feedback to others. There is one study where individuals um, wrote letters of gratitude together with counselling sessions. And it was found that these people who wrote these letters of gratitude felt better and recovered more quickly from their, their psychological problems than those people who were simply asked to journal their negative experiences. Wow, that's quite amazing that such a simple thing could have such a positive impact. Yeah, I know. And I've not finished there. It reduces pain. 16% of people expressed a reduction in pain when expressing gratitude in, in one study. And okay, I mean, 16% doesn't sound a lot, but you know, you might one day be one of those, you know, 16%. I mean, it's, it's uh, I think we have to take it into account. Um, it also improves sleep. And it reduces anxiety because it's found that people, when expressing gratitude, have less cortisol in their system, which is the stress uh, uh, chemical, the stress hormone. Okay. So based on what you have said, the science has established it's good for us and we should all be doing it, right? Yeah. And actually, this is where I want to stop talking and put it back to you, Jason. Um, I want to ask you about your active development of, of gratitude because I know that it's something that you've introduced in, into your life. We, we've talked, we've discussed it before. So can you talk us through that? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess shortly after my diagnosis with depression, um, I started to, and I mentioned before, I, I started to take some medication, but I then started to read about gratitude and I wanted to understand more about things and in what I was reading and what I was listening to, I was hearing about the positive effect that it could have. I was obviously very sceptical, but thought, you know, I've got, I was willing to give it a go. I wanted to try it. I needed to, I wanted to do anything to try it, kind of feel better. Um, I I heard one of Rangan Chatterjee's podcasts um, about a nightly routine he did with his family during dinner. So I thought, well, that's where I could start and I could bring in my family. So in essence, what we do is sit around the table for dinner every night. So we were quite lucky and fortunate that we could do that. And then we'd each try and answer the following three questions, very simple questions. So one, what have you done to help someone today? Two, what has someone done to help you? Three, what have you learned today? So that's how it all started for me. Uh, it soon became clear that uh, unfortunately my family were not convinced by it and it was something that I was trying to force on them and it became a chore for them at the dinner table every night and I could see on their faces that it wasn't something they were looking forward to. Right. So um, it wasn't too far away from my birthday and as a, as a bit of a joke, you know, around this dinner time exercise, they bought me a a a journal, uh, um, in essence, a, a gratitude journal. And um, the, the journal, which had uh, several hundred pages in it, each of the same, um, asked for three responses to the same questions. So the first question was, I am grateful for. The second question was, what makes today great? The third questions were daily affirmations, I am. The fourth was amazing things that happened today. And the fifth was, what can I improve on? And I'd say 
you know, as I said before, they thought it was a bit of a joke to give this to me, um, tongue in cheek kind of thing. But little did they know that it was actually one of the kind of best presents they've ever bought me. And I've been journaling gratitude every day since. That I've not heard that last bit before. And that is a lovely story. I mean, thanks. Thanks for sharing that, that with us. And you know what? It's such a good example, isn't it, of, of gratitude? Because you said little did they know you were feeling grateful to your family. I hope you told them. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. They all had a laugh about <laughs> it as well. <laughs> oh, but anyway, if you hadn't told them, they would have heard it on this podcast. Um, but really, whether they laughed or not, I can imagine how good they, they would feel to, to hear that. You know, it's a great example of reciprocity, isn't it? It's what I was talking about earlier. The whole family end up feeling good. Um, you said that you are now journaling every day and um this is also something that's important you know what we should remember is that we can become more and more skilled at this you know can't we i mean it takes practice um but we strengthen neural networks um around the process when we do more of it it's the head rule right i need to stop you there it's my (laughs) turn to create that jingle jingle (laughs) even (laughs) i need some way of uh, kindly interrupting you and saying what is she talking about? Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, it's that psycho bubble stuff. Oh, okay, I'm probably going to do the same to you one day with your uh, corporate bubble. Um, <laughs> right, so what we're talking about, the Hebrew. Yeah, the Hebrew. Um, so it's the Heb principle or, or the Hebrew. Okay, well, uh, Heb was um, a Canadian psychologist and he was a, a pioneer of, of neuropsychology. Um, and that's the study of the relationship between psychology and, and neuroscience. And, you know, psychologists like me are ever grateful to these people because it really helps us uh, with our um, clinical work, you know, when we understand, you know, more about what is actually going on in, in, in the brain. Um, so the HEB rule, basically, HEB says that, you know, when an axon of, of a cell, cell A, um, is close enough um, to cell B and excite cell B. And it does this in a repetitive and, and uh, persistent way. Then there's some kind of um, growth process going on, some kind of metabolic change in you know one or, or both the cells. And this increases the efficiency of the first cell of cell A in the activation of cell B. So there's actually a simple way of saying this that I really like uh, that I've heard, which is, Neurons that fire together, wire together. <laughs> there, there are other analogies um, too. I mean, uh, some people talk about, um, if I think Heb talked about this, uh, the kind of water coming down a, a mountain and, um, you know, over time it, it creates, uh, you know, um, a stream, uh, a river as it cuts through the, the rock. I actually prefer the field of corn which might be because I live in the south of France and I'm surrounded by fields of corn. But um, for me, I mean, just uh, just imagine you stood in front of a field of corn and you want to walk through it, okay? So you decide which way to go. That's a choice. You, you go that route and you tread the corn down. Um, you make a path. The next time that you stood in front of that field of corn, it's pretty uh, easy to know which way to go. And the more you go down it, the, the better the, the, the pathways trodden down. And that is, you know, exactly what's happening in the brain with these neural networks. So, in other words, practice makes perfect. 
Um, did it take you long, Jason, though, to make gratitude part, part of your thinking? Yeah, I mean, again, I can relate to that. You know, practice makes perfect. I can certainly state from my side, it takes time, effort and perseverance. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say for me, it's like everything uh, that it, that is good for you. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it all of the time anyway. <laughs> True. So, yeah, you know, we do have to keep practicing it. However, I would also say that once it becomes part of your routine, it does then become easy and actually you get pleasure out of it. It is enjoyable. Um, and I think we also need to, you know, we need to introduce it to kind of the workplace as well, you know, when we talk about businesses. And I'm not sure why it isn't automatically on the agenda. Yeah, I think really it's because people underestimate the power of showing gratitude. Um, they underestimate the, the effect it can have, the positive effect. And there's some really interesting research on this, actually. Well, well, I think it's interesting. Maybe I'm getting carried away here. Is it, you know? No, no, please carry on. And, and I'll certainly let you know at the end how interesting it was. Okay. All right, then. Well, participants um, in one study wrote thank you letters to people. And then the data uh, that was collected on this, the data um, from the people who'd written the letters and the people who'd received them was really interesting. The senders of the letters consistently underestimated how positive the recipients would feel. And they consistently underestimated how warm and how competent they would be perceived as. And get this, they also overestimated how awkward the recipients would feel. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's certainly an interesting bit of research, right? And quite powerful. I would also add that people tend to get caught up in what they are doing and just forget sometimes about some simple gratitude. You know, more more importantly, kind of the thank yous. Yeah. So, you know, if you take the, the comments you've made there about, you know, how people might feel, but, I, you know, my, my view is that sometimes I don't even think about that as well. Yeah. Um, so just stopping and thinking and putting some of the, the other behaviours or feelings aside that you've just mentioned, you know, think about how someone else would feel. Someone says thank you. And for just do, simply doing your job, I would say that it's inevitably going to put a smile on their face, That just that single thank you. I guess the other thing I've tried to do, introduce at work is, um, which I think we, we could all possibly consider as well, which is always be kind. Um, you don't know what's going on in someone else's life. And for me, gratitude is another form of kindness. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really true. Um, you know, we constantly make assumptions about others, don't we? And, and it's so often a mistake um, to assume that, that we know what, what's going on in someone else's life. But I mean, I think that's a subject for a, another podcast. That, that, well, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but I agree. Yeah, gratitude not only makes us feel good, but if we express it, we're likely to help others feel good too. And I think there's something really key here. You know, telling someone, whether it's a family member, a friend or an employee at work, that they're doing something well, is no doubt in my mind going to be better received if the person expressing it is doing it from a place of, of true gratitude. Because it will be seen, it will be felt as, as more genuine. So, 
maybe what managers should focus on is their own gratitude. You know, concentrating on changing their own behavior rather than trying to install gratitude in, in others. Um, you know, lead by example. Because like many emotions, it, it's, it's contagious in a positive way. No, yeah, again, I, I have to agree. It's good advice. And I can certainly to relate to that through my own experience. You know, the example I gave earlier where I tried to tell my family to practice gratitude rather than letting them adopt it by seeing my behaviours. Yeah, and that's uh, th that was a good example. I don't think we actually need to tell people how to express gratitude. Um, I'm pretty sure that people can come up with ways of doing it. It's more about remembering to do it, you know, and, and consciously applying it with confidence. And this will become automatic, you know, if we practice it, knowing that it's helpful and it's going to be well received. I think that draws this podcast to a close. But before we finish... You asked me at the end of the previous podcast for three top tips. Three top tips. <laughs> so this time I'd love to hear your three top tips, Jason, from your own experience of, of improving your mental health. So, yeah, okay, that's fine. I guess obviously my first one's going to be take five minutes each day to reflect and practice gratitude. The second one, I would, again, I, I guess it kind of links to what you said before, but rather than exercise, I'm going to say movement. Um, don't spend hours sitting in a chair. Try and get up and move around every hour. If possible, look at getting a stand-up desk or a standing desk if you're someone that works in an office. And try and do 10,000 steps every day. So that would be my movement. And then, then finally, I would talk about you know, having some regular connection with family or friends. Um, obviously, the best way to do this is face-to-face. -face, uh, but given the circumstances we've just been through, you know, talking is another good substitute. And that's over um, trying to text or, you know, just messaging people. Try and do that face-to-face -face or at least talking because, you know, linking back to the last podcast, I guess, that, that's a good way to try and connect. Really, really good tips. Um, I like those. And yeah, you're right. If anyone doubts the importance of talking, maybe they should listen to our first podcast, which was on that subject. So thanks, Jason, for chatting with me. Um, I've enjoyed that. No, brilliant. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Okay. Um, and finally, I'd like to express gratitude to all those people taking the time to listen. A very big thanks from the team at Get Mentally Healthy. Please do get in touch and let us know your comments on today's conversation and also what topics you'd like to hear us discuss in the future. If you'd like to know more about Get Mentally Healthy, please visit our website www.getmentallyhealthy.com. We also use the website to publish any show notes and you can also learn more about our services. Once again, thanks for listening. Get talking.